bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and use the promo code TWIP. Have you ever wanted to go on a photo adventure in and around the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico? Well, come join me and Federico Chiele for an unforgettable adventure. We're heading down February 11th through February 18th of 2017. You can check out all the details at twipwanderlust.com. That's twipwanderlust.com. This is TWIP, episode 498, CES 2017 Roundup. CES 2017 kicked off this week with a plethora of new cameras and gear, and we go deeper into DIY photography with the photo industry's MacGyver himself, Mr. Tim Engel. It's Friday, January 6th, 2017, and this is TWIP. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me on this episode of the show is my good friend, Mr. Tim Engel from Tim Engel Photography up in wonderful Sacramento, California. This is a one-on-one show. Tim and I are going to sit down. We're going to talk about a couple of things. Number one, we're going to talk about CES and a lot of the cool things that have been announced this week at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. And then we're also going to talk about some DIY stuff. Tim is the king of DIY photography. In other words, making great images using stuff that you could probably get at Ikea or Home Depot or Lowe's or someplace like that. So, Tim Engel, welcome to This Week in Photo. Frederick. Thanks for having me back. It's the new year. <laughs> it's the new year, man. Happy New Happy Year. Happy New Year, yeah. So awesome. No, I'm glad to be back on the show. Just you and I, this is a different thing. Yeah, I know. This is new. We're going to be doing a lot more of this kind of more focused episodes of TWIP as we move forward. Uh, there'll still be some roundtable type shows, but you know, we're going we're gonna to give this, give this a shake. The kind of one-on-one more focused discussions. So... Speaking of focused discussions, uh, you know, I want to. We're going to dive in after the after the CES discussion. We're going to dive into that DIY stuff because you literally are. I don't know if I want to call you the MacGyver or just the cheap dude, <laughs> or a combination of both of those things together. I'll, I'll take the combo with four kids um, and a wife yeah. and bills. You have to find your own path that doesn't cost you a ton. Yeah, you mean you can't just say, you know what? I need some Ellen Crom lights. I'm gonna go drop five grand on a couple of heads. No, I would be. Uh, I would not have a house or a wife or kids that I can probably see regularly. No. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I totally. Yeah, but um, you know, we we've done a lot of episodes or several episodes of Twip where we talk about lighting and lighting gear, and you know, and people have challenged me on this, but I say, uh, many times I say a photon is a photon is a photon. Right. Right. Yep. So it, the, the, the variances come in when you talk about the build quality of the gear, uh, the diffusers on that light. The modifiers, you the control. You, yeah. The, yeah. The modifiers, but you can't buy a better photon. Is that, is that fair? No, I think that's totally fair. And it's like over the years, um, I found many things that emit photons that do not cost a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and again, I just you know, I can't spend a ton of money. My kids need shoes more than I need a light. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. I hear you. Yet yet the show must go on, and you still have to shoot. Yep. Well, speaking of shows, the Consumer Electronics Show 2017 just kicked off, and I've been following them using DP Review. So if you haven't gone over to DP Review, head over to their site and check it out. They're doing live updates over there for the most part, or blog posts as they discover new cool things. They're at dpreview.com slash CES-2017, and you'll get basically a list of all the cool stuff that's related to photography that you might care about. So by going to that link... We'll save you a trip to Las Vegas. That's all I'm saying. So, Tim, you've seen the link, man. What, what, what uh, in the list of things that they've kind of called out has jumped out to you? So, scrolling down, I mean, the first thing that like perks my attention is the Dell Canvas 27 inch. Um, it's like the, mm-hmm. it's a horizontal smart workspace. Um, yes. And you know, it's like when Microsoft talked about that Surface Pro, was it? Is that what it was? The the mm-hmm. their yeah. new studio. I mean, it was gorgeous, but then I think some of the hands-on stuff that people had weren't as glowing. Um, yeah. But this thing is sexy looking. 
It is. It is. It is something. And I, you know, I said this when we talked about that Surface computer. The it, Microsoft seems to be out appling Apple <laughs> in terms yeah. of you know pushing the envelope and giving us things that we didn't know that we needed, but now that we see them, we want them. This thing is right up that alley of wow wouldn't that be cool to have on my desk oh my god i mean there's your new object of desire right there it's it's like Uh i mean i'm already working on a tablet that takes up like most of my desk my my keyboard is kind of like pushed to the side when i do stuff so if it's all combined right there um i'm totally Mm -hmm. into that and for the folks that are listening, you so go to the link and check it out. But what this is is Dell has created basically a, a glass a glass surface. Um, I'm going to assume it's 27 inches. Yeah, so a glass 27 inch surface that lays flat. Yeah. Touch sensitive that lays flat on your desk where your keyboard and mouse would go, but it's another display. So now you have a display in front of you, and one if you look down, you have a display there, and they work together, and they have all sorts of little accessories that you could put on there, kind of like the Microsoft Surface Pro, like the little pucks and dials and all that stuff that can go on there. So you can, depending on what you're doing, call up the keyboard and type, dismiss the keyboard, and use it. You know, use the touch surface for other things. It seems like it makes a whole lot of sense. The the thing that hit me first when I looked at it was, A, yeah, of course I want it, but B, can I type on a glass surface? I mean, I've had an right. iPad Pro, and I can type on the iPad Pro, but not I, I've never typed like a ton of for stuff. extended okay. yeah a ton of yeah. stuff extended periods on a surface that doesn't give me any tactile feedback. Yeah. So I don't maybe that's the future and I'm just an old guy that, you know, that has to get used to the the way things are going to be or what? I don't know. What do you think? Um no, that was the one question I have is typing, but I, you know, it seems like it's something you could still push forward and have your regular keyboard if you were getting into typing. But it also doesn't yeah. seem to be marketed to somebody who is doing a ton of typing. I mean, you know, your video and graphics guys are the ones that are doing that and they're doing, you know, small paragraphs, I think if anything. Um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But still, I mean, if if, if it's going to replace if it's going to replace my computer, I need to be able to type because you know a large amount of things that I do is responding to emails and yeah. social media and all that sort of stuff. So you you can't get around not having a a, a good comfortable keyboard. Yeah, and they're stating on yet. and they're stating on here that it connects to any Windows 10 device, so it's not mm-hmm. running its own system. So the other thing that was actually interesting to me is that. You could build, it seems like, your own insane Windows machine. Like, yeah. super. I mean, because with the. the um, oh, that would be so killer, man. Oh, can you imagine? Well, and that was the one maybe drawback with having the Surface Pro. It's like, it's, you know, it's, its power is what it is with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure you can expand yeah. certain stuff, but if you build yourself an insane Windows machine, A, B, you can change that Windows machine as things change and get bigger, and then you can continue mm-hmm. to use this. So that actually is more interesting to me than. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I can I can totally see that. And th- this is it's interesting because you know Apple came out with the with the the newest version of the MacBook Pro, which had the Touch Bar yeah. edition on there, which is which is sort of like this, but you know, kind of like a cupcake is to a full wedding cake, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's this is like the nth degree of Touch Bar horizontal on your desktop that configures based on on what you're doing. I would love to see. I mean, in a lot of ways, Apple's playing catch-up, right? Yep. So it seems like they're playing catch-up on the desktop side. They're playing catch-up when it comes to uh, smart digital assistants, like with the with the Amazon Alexa or the Echo. So they're playing catch-up there and in a couple of other areas. And now this. This, is, this seems like where com- computing or at least desktop computing could go. And it could get me excited about desktop computing again versus doing everything on my MacBook or my portable and on my tablet and my phone. This kind of brings it all together and unifies the world. And it also seems like Apple could use the iOS technology like they did the iOS. Um, the, the touch bar on the MacBook Pro is powered by iOS. Yeah. So why not expand that to a full tablet that sits on the desktop that's horizontal yeah and i you know you can't pick it up and take it with you so your ipad's never going to have replaced because that's what it's saying but yeah no and again you could do things you could never do with an ipad because the ipad is designed for portability and for long battery life and all this so you have to make a bunch of concessions with an ipad if you don't if you're not restricted by battery because the thing's going to plug into the computer and suck power from there and you're not really restricted by size because it's going to lay on the desktop so size is, is going to drive the price. And the pen right? technology and the drawing technology is already right there. So Yeah. 
yeah it's all here yeah why not why not take a chance apple take a chance That's man right as long as you take this, well, the, there's somebody will come up with it. If this is truly just hooking to the a Windows machine, somebody will mm-hmm. come up with a hack to hook this to a Mac. Yeah, yeah, but it'll be a hack. Yeah, I know. It'll never work right. And when they update this thing, <laughs> it'll it'll, it'll, you break, know, it. it'll break. You yeah. know, <laughs> it'll just be a big glass big glass uh, desktop you'll have that does nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I want a I want a an OEM version of this that's designed to work properly with my existing hardware. Yeah. I don't want it I don't want it that bad that I feel like I need to hack stuff in order to get it, but you know, I still want it. And of course, it's a Windows machine, so as long as I don't go on the internet, I'm fine. <laughs> so here you go. Send your hate mail right. to Tim Engel. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that whole argument is just just you know, it, it's it's the same on both platforms. Now. I know. So Back in the day, you could say, oh, you know, security through obscurity. I use a Mac and no one, right. no one cares about us, so we're secure. That's no longer the case with Apple being the most valuable tech company on the planet and no. millions and millions of Macs and iOS devices everywhere. Hackers know about it. And if they want to mess with you, they can mess with you. Now we just have the mirrorless uh, argument or, you know, full frame mirrorless versus, or, you know, yeah. Nikon versus. Well, good uh, segue. Yeah, right. That's a good segue because the my the thing that stuck out for me obviously I shoot Panasonic Lumix, um, or maybe it's not obvious, but I shoot Panasonic Lumix. So the GH5 was just released, and you know the GH4, the GH3, even going back to the GH3, has been like the flagship in terms of professional video production on a budget for many many people. I still I have a GH3 sitting right next to me, looking at me here. Um, so, but they updated it. They updated Panasonic, being they updated it to the GH5, and they added a bunch of new stuff. They even changed the design of the body a little bit, and um, that's one of the things that's got me excited. It's uh, I'm pulling up the specs of it here. Let's see, uh, blah 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 blah. God, I had it up here. Yeah, so it's shooting. So they're going beyond. It's twenty point three megapixels for one. Still shoots four K mirrorless, but they bumped the four K up. I think it's six K now that you can shoot in. It's got Wi Fi. It's got Bluetooth. A three point two inch LCD. The thing is, it's it's a beast, and it's twenty. It's two thousand dollars right now. You can pre order it for two thousand. You can't buy it yet. It's on Amazon. But it's got a five axis photo and video image stabilization, or it's got that feature built built into it. Uh, 4K internal recording at 460 or 50p. It's got, uh, geez, yeah, FHD at 180 frames per second. Yeah, this is this is a beast, and it's it's it looks like instead of a reimagining of the GH4, it looks more like you know, let's take a couple of years, sit down, and look at build on the successes of the GH4 and make it better yeah. and it, it looks like that's what they did learning from things from all the other because it has it has shades of g7 and the other mirrorless cameras you can kind of see their ghosts inside the body form factor yeah. but it's still purely gh4 it's it's splash proof dust proof freeze proof all that stuff and they're saying so, including post focus focus stacking in both 4k and new 6k photo mode 6k photo yeah 6K photo. So what is 6K photo resolution-wise? I know with 4K, so it's got to be what? Uh, so maybe 16 megapixels per frame? Because with 4K, you're looking at an 8 megapixel JPEG every for every frame of video. That's Meaning crazy. I can roll video at one of your fashion shoots or something and then go back later and harvest out 8 megapixel shots. And with this one... Presumably, I could go back and harvest 16 megapixel shots out of that that are being recorded at whatever frame rate I decide, whether it's 60 or 30, whatever. If you're getting 16 megapixel files, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. That's nuts. That's, and that changes things again. We thought we were fine with 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 8 megapixels, and now, right? jeez, it's crazy. This well, is and the crazy. one thing that's like, when I remember you shooting on that, and the one thing that kind of blew me away and I had never occurred to me is shooting in the 4K with one camera, you zoomed back and forth between two people and made it look mm-hmm. like a three-camera setup. Totally, totally. And, you and I had never, it had never dawned on me. I mean, I, I don't shoot much video, but that was like, that's crazy. Yeah, so if you're editing, if you're editing to, like, say if you're editing for YouTube, which means your final product is going to be at, you know, either 720 or 1080, probably 1080, 
a 1080 frame is is a quarter of a 60 of a, right. of a 4K frame, right? So which means you can punch in with zero resolution loss at all. Like you could punch in on a 1080 frame if you were recording 1080, you could punch in on that, but it's going to get fuzzy because it's interpolating up and and right. inserting pixels where there were none. But if you if you're zooming in on 4K, it's all good. And and you can pan across a video with that too. So you could set keyframes and I could pan from one area to the other over a full a 4K frame. And now, you know, if you go higher than that, I know some of these new cameras are shooting in 8K and that just, you know, the mind boggles. Yeah, you know, not just not just the mind boggles because of the resolution, but the negative of that is like memory cards and oh. and backup and <laughs> That's, that's a lot of data um, to be pushing through every don't single Don't get me second. started on you know backup and memory. I've been spending the last two weeks on that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, so Panasonic released that. They released a bunch of, a couple of other things. A uh, The Lumix GX850. Um, they released a couple of new lenses, which I hope to be getting my hands on. So, uh, yeah, what's, yeah. We got Jeez, a, we a got a, we, we got a new Nikon, which I've not read. I've not dug into the specs on that, which I'm excited to see. The Nikon D5600. Yeah. Yep, the D5600. So, yeah, I'm looking at their press release now. So I'm looking for things that stand out to me from Nikon. Low light performance. So they're four bullets. The you know normally in marketing they have a you know they they bullet out the tent pole features. Yeah. Um, so Nikon has bulleted out seamless connectivity through SnapBridge, so you can easily share. Well, I'll argue make it, that made one it easier. Still. You can easily share wirelessly through Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Okay, we both tried um, the key mission, the, so you know how that goes. Oh man, I never got the key mission to work <laughs> at all. I sent that thing back. Uh, performance that keeps pace with creativity with a twenty-four point two megapixel high-resolution CMOS. Okay. Uh, continuous shooting at five frames per second. It's using the Xspeed 4 image processor. Um, the next bullet is amazing low light performance. The D5600 also provides users with the capability to shoot in challenging light with an expanded expanded wide 100 to 25,600 ISO range. I want to see that to believe it. You could put any numbers down. I want to see it at 25.6. Right. Um, and the ability to use high shutter speeds with minimal illumination. Okay. Uh, and then creative features down from a child's perspective to a shot above a crowd is easy to compose with the 3.2 inch LCD. Uh, it's got time lapse mode. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not. There's nothing on there that know. blows my mind of anything. You know, <laughs> that's what I was looking for. I'm yeah. looking for something that's like, oh my god, I gotta go get this camera right now. But I mean, it's not a bad camera. Not it's, at all. It, it still looks amazing. Yeah. No, and it's like the. But this is this is kind of an entry level camera. Remember, this is not a camera for you, Tim. This is a this is a camera for you know entry level people or backup people. It's coming in at seven hundred dollars. I mean, it's your D it's your D ninety users. What is it? Seventy two hundred users. Yep. You know your 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 cropped sensor stuff. I mean, God, I've Mm -hmm. you know in in the crop sensor world though the Nikon the the five the five hundred. You know that thing Mm -hmm. is like blazing trails right now. I've actually thought about going back. To having that as a backup really oh yeah so then some of the stuff on that's pretty crazy but anyway that's another story yeah oh well, that's another show that's right there you go so tons of stuff what else uh so dji came out of course we got to talk about drone stuff dji sent me a press release today uh, that they announced did you i sent it to you this morning i right? sent it so, to you oh you know you sent it to me yeah, I sent yeah, it to right. you. all the people <laughs> all the people that purchased uh, that purchased the dji uh osmo mobile to replace their old Osmo, now DJI came out with just a head that goes on your old Osmo stick. <laughs> so um, now you can, which is perfect for me because I still like my old Osmo. Right. And I want to be able to put my, yeah, so I would have, if I bought the Osmo Mobile, that's two devices. Yep. Now I could just have one device and just change the head. Well, I, based I, on I the still situation. have a couple of days to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> You're not taking that thing back. <laughs> well, and here's the only, and I needed to read the specs today. So if it's still connecting with only Wi-Fi, like so. The Osmo Mobile now mm-hmm. will, will control through Bluetooth, and then it leaves my Wi-Fi mm-hmm. signal open to pump that out if I want to do live things. If the other one still, because the, the you know the Bluetooth module isn't existing in the handle on the other one. Oh yeah, you're right. So my question was, do I have to take up my Wi-Fi signal again? 
So I, I didn't, I couldn't, I tried to look at the specs before, but I didn't get a chance to see. Oh, that's a good point. That is a good point. Um, yeah. Because that, that would be a serious hindrance, or it would be a reason to go get the Osmo Mobile. Right. So, and then the uh, other thing, and then, but then the plus side for the new gimbal was so the Osmo Mobile blocks, like an iPhone 7 blocks the lightning port. Mm-hmm. So if I want to do external audio, I'm blocked my port. So the new one didn't have that, isn't blocked. So there's oh, a plus it isn't on, on the on right. No, it, not on the it's new. not. It's not blocked on this new head that just came out. No, uh. Uh-uh. So it's just the same. It's okay. just the the okay. two. It's like, and so that's a plus on that side. Um, obviously, well, every, some of the negative reports I was reading, I was reading about the Osmo Mobile were that in regards to the iPhone Seven and the Seven Plus, um, the headphone blockage thing. Um, but also the fact that the Im- the built-in image stabilization in the 7 and the 7 Plus were conflicting with the image stabilization in the Osmo and kind of canceling each other out. Yeah. So well, I shot today. I, I shot like I shot today with the Osmo Mobile and had no issues. I mean, it was fine. It was totally smooth and clean. And you were shooting with a seven, right? Yeah, seven, not plus, just seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just, I think it's the same camera. In the 7 and the 7 Plus, aside from the dual camera on the 7 Plus with the zoom, yeah. the single camera is still the same. So it has it has image stabilization built into it on the 7. Yeah, I don't know. I've not messed with it that much. I've had a, yeah, And I've had yeah. the 7 for two weeks, so I've not even like dug into it yet. Yeah, which you had to take it back today, right? Shh. Yeah. Cam- <laughs> the camera quit. I don't know, man. I'm having tough luck lately. You 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 like beat your gear up, that, which is good. You should be beating well, it up. I'm actually, my other one lasted forever. It was flawless. And so my son now gets that one. Yeah, there you it's go. It's the trickle down. So what else? What else? So Dell released the 8K monitor, or their 8K monitor goes on sale in March for five grand. Yeah, that oh, was announced. All right. Um, Kodak is bringing back Ektachrome film. That's, Remember Ektachrome? That's cool. I was excited yeah. to see that. And I saw a stat somewhere that last year was the biggest year in film and like how long. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the revolt against technology. Well, it was not only that, and apparently it was the largest year in vinyl sales not a totally separate subject in like ever. So it's definitely an analog revival. Mm-hmm. There's this, there's the show analog cool revival. That, that That is really cool because you know, once, once the EMP hits <laughs> and all of electronics are gone, fail, you can still shoot. You can still process film. You can still, well, you might need a light, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to do the enlarging and, all that. and they got, but you can at least process your negatives. Yep. Right. And they got more Polaroid stuff coming out. I mean, the Polaroids were the hottest Christmas item this last like season. Yeah. Yeah. All those instant cameras, like the Fuji Instax series. I use that a lot. I still use that. Um, I was up there hanging with you the other day and I bought some, some Fuji Instax black and white film paper. Which is cool. Yeah. It, and those shots are great. They look they look really cool. I just, I, I like that they're so small, but then I, a part of me wishes they were a little bit larger. Yeah. So, and it's yeah, interesting. It is what it is. And as you scroll down on that list, you you get into some point and shoot stuff. Which, man, I don't know. I feel like anymore. Really, do you want to play that game? Yeah. Yeah. In, I know. Inexpensive. Yeah, like, a Nikon Coolpix A three hundred. You know, who's buying uh-huh. that? Yeah. Well, the other thing on that list, speaking of instant digital photos, is uh, Polaroid. So Polaroid introduced the Polaroid Pop. Yeah. It's an instant digital camera that produces three by four prints. So very similar to the to the uh, the Fuji Instax SP1 and the SP2 that that came out last year. Now it looks like Polaroid's getting into the mix. I and honestly, I think it like you said. I think this was a that Dominion was Polaroids to begin with. Yeah. So the fact that they're coming out with this now is like, hey, Fuji's been eating our lunch. Let's come out with something to get our lunch back. So kudos to Polaroid for, for seeing what was happening and taking your taking your gusto back. And I'll tell you, you know, the one thing about like the Polaroids and Instax, like the printing from the iPhone. I mean, mm-hmm. I shoot a ton with the iPhone. I use the Hipstamatic app and I shoot a ton with my clients. And so literally after the, you know, after the shoot with the camera, I'll put the camera down and I'll shoot, you know, 10 or 20 with the iPhone. And my deal is like, then they can take those instantly and they can post because everybody get, gets excited and wants to post stuff. So those are instantly ready for them to post. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of into the idea of like backing it up now with either the Polaroid or Instax and printing something. I mean, if you can, you know, for as cheap as it is, let's just call it a buck an image. I mean, if a client leaves with 
this little piece in their hand that they're super excited about, that's a good sales thing. You know, that's a good, yeah. that's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And like, who's a Lots of traveling photographers carry these little cameras around with them so that they can, you know, just give a print to someone that may not have, may not have the opportunity to get a print. And you can, instead of just saying, hey, give me your email address, and they don't have an email, <laughs> you know, you could print something and leave a tactile memory yep. of, your, of, of them or whatever you shot with them. And people are so, is... I, I handed somebody, to, uh, like, I shot with the Polaroid, the other, or the, I say Polaroid, but Fuji. Mm-hmm. I shot with that the other day and gave it to somebody, and they look at the picture like they're so amazed <laughs> that they have this print in yeah. their hand. I'm yeah. like, with all of our technology, and this is the stuff we used to use. I mean, I had the Polaroid back on my Bronica, yeah. which I used to pull Polaroids, and I'd give those away sometimes. But people are so amazed. Like, what is this new fangled device that's printing this in front of me? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. it's amazing. It's magic. Yeah. There's magic. There's demon magic inside that little box. Um, yeah, it's funny. I was, I, when I use the SP1 and make prints for people, almost without fail, they shake the print. Right. <laughs> It's like you don't need to shake it. It doesn't make it any better if you shake it like a. And I had that discussion. Like I, I would tell him, like the rollers squeeze out the liquid, and yeah. it makes no difference. Yeah. But shake it. By the time it comes out, it's already done. Yep. It just needs to sit and bake for a minute. But shake it, it if you want it. You shake it. I just let people go. That's I don't. Right. You know, I'm just like you know. Go ahead. If it makes you feel better, shake it. Shake it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, but I love those things. I hope they come out with more and varied sizes of those. I think that's a. That's like the ultimate geek gift oh, if totally. you're looking for something to give to your significant other who's into photography that has everything. Yeah. They probably don't have one of those. And if they get one, especially with the SP1, the cool thing about the SP1 and the SP2 from Fuji and probably this Polaroid one as well is that the cameras on our smartphones are getting so good. Like the camera on this, this 7 Plus is ridiculously good. Yeah. And now I can take photos with that, retouch them real quick in Snapseed or in Lightroom Mobile, whatever, and spit them out on a print and give it to somebody like within minutes of me taking the photo. And then they'll take a picture of it and they'll put it on Instagram. Exactly. They take a picture of the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you were nice, you could just email them the original and let them post that. I saw two pictures the other day on Instagram. Somebody popped up with like a picture of the Polaroid. Yeah, that might be the new thing, you know? It's Inception, a picture of a picture. Yep. Cool stuff, man. Yeah, so lots of cool stuff happening. How come Tim, how come you didn't uh how come you didn't head to CES? That's so much money just go. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I mean, even it's though expensive. you can get cheap rooms, it's still well, and if we have WPPI for going to that, I have to choose I have to choose my conventions. Yeah. 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 Uh and this CES is just like it's it's overload. It is Comic-Con for for a different flavor of geek. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, you know, yeah. I mean, it would be fun. I mean, years ago I went, I just went because I wanted to just walk the floor in amazement. Yeah. Um, well, of course, then I used to do Comdex way back. Oh, man. I, yeah, I remember Comdex. Yeah, yeah so, that was back um, in the day. Yeah, and that was like, the the yeah, that was crazy. That was a whole other world then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, for this kind of stuff, for me, I would, if if I had the time and and resources were flowing such that it was just, you know, an afterthought to go, I would probably go because I have family in Vegas, too. So I'd probably go and hang out and and look around. But from a pragmatic business twip standpoint, letting other people that are that have much many more resources like DP review a la Amazon go (laughs) cover it and then kind of, you know, being a vulture back to Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, DP Review bought it, or Amazon bought DP Review several years ago. So yeah, but let them do the work, and it's like, and then we can get kind of like the highlights there. It's much easier. Exactly. For me. I'm way more exactly. into that. Exactly. Like if I if I went if I was to go, it wouldn't be specifically for Twip. It would be just because I'm a nerd and a geek, and I want to go see the stuff. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I'd just be a dude with a backpack running around looking at stuff, taking pictures. So. Yeah, you gotta love it, man. Lots of cool stuff. So definitely, Twip listeners. Oh, this last thing um, I want to talk about. This is ridiculous, but kind of cool in its ridiculousness. Um, DJI, the drone people, they're celebrating uh, the Chinese New Year with a Phantom Four edition, a Chinese New Year Phantom Four edition. Year of the rooster. celebrating, and it's it's the year of the rooster. So it's a Phantom Four quadcopter 
that is painted kind of in rooster colors. <laughs> it's kind of cool. There's no missing that. I kind of want it just for that. Right? I, I want it. <laughs> yeah, you can't miss that one in the air, huh? You cannot miss that in the air. It is orange and all. It's multicolored. It is a multicolored drone. You gotta love this stuff, though, man. Lots of cool, lots of cool drones. This is the year. I feel like this is the year of, of. Well, I, I probably said this last year, but the year of drones, three hundred and sixty, mirrorless, and cell phones, right? Yeah. Because cell phones are kind of like the underlying EKG tone of all the stuff. But um, you, there's this company I can't remember the name of them, but they're Alex Lindsay would know. But they're this company that's making uh, these really, really exposed. I think it's Ovo. Ovo, whatever, but they're making these really expensive 360 cameras. They're like five figures, you know, to oh, get this. Oh, yeah, three- right, right. Yeah, but this company um, that uh, actually makes a 360 camera, I'll put a link to them in the show notes. They just sent me a press release right before the show. Uh, it's a 360 camera that is very similar, at least on paper, to that five-figure one, but for four figures. So it's like three thousand dollars for this this head with six cameras on it, and you know you set it. It does HDR, it does time lapse, and all that stuff, and it's a little ball. So I I feel like you know a couple of years ago it was if you want really high quality three sixty video, you're going to be spending you, you're taking out a second mortgage or a third mortgage on your home. If you uh, but now fast forward to today, you can get in it for you know three grand or so and do pro level work. I mean, you can do non-pro level work with a Theta or any you right. know, different consumer level things like that. When you had the new but one if, you just got for the for the iPhone too, which is pretty cool. Yes, yeah. I was trying to remember the name of it. It's called the 360. I'm going to pull it up right now because that's important. It is called Insta 360. Yeah, and that the Insta quality was cool with that. It was, I liked it. I love it, yeah, because it snaps right into the lightning port on your camera. Um, and Insta360 is the company that announced their 8K. So this new 360 VR camera was announced at CES, and it's 8K. So what, <laughs> one of the reasons, one of the reasons I wanted that Nikon Key Mission 360 was it shoots 4K, right? And that may seem like overkill, but when you consider you're shooting so much, a, they, it, yeah, yeah, you're shooting in 360 at any given time. You're only looking at a small portion. So with a, with a 1080 you're only looking at maybe 360p of video, which looks like mashed potatoes, generally. So I was thinking, okay, Key Mission 360, it's shooting 4K. At least I'll get maybe 640 or, you know, maybe even 1080 out out of a frame of that. But now with this thing shooting 8K, I mean, all bets are off. And this is the one that's $3,000. So, yeah, it's crazy. So their specs, they say, um, high-performance real-time image stitching. Um, in up to 4K, um, H.264, H.265 video compression, 3D images and videos, 360 live broadcasting. That's cool. It just goes on and on and on. Well, for three, and it's for, three be, for three grand, it better like blow my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, for three grand, you got to be serious about this. So, I mean, if you're going to pay three grand for something like this, you're not going to buy it just to leave it in the box, no, you know, and, and play with it every now and then. You better have a, have a, you know, you may be, this is an investment. So if you have a business that, and you want to add 360 video to your business, then this would make sense because you're going to make it pay for itself anyway. Yep, totally. But yep. it wouldn't make sense to buy it, to put it on a shelf and and oogle at it every now and then and say, hey, I got a 360 camera. What do you have? Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for DJI to make a 360 <laughs> You know they probably will. You know they probably. Oh, and they're, can you imagine? Well, and of course now they're well they're on fire this week. I mean, what did they, what was the they got they acquired Hasselblad, right? DJI, yeah, that was the other story I was talking about. DJI acquires Hasselblad. How does that happen? I mean, that's, right? I know Hasselblad was relative. Hasselblad was like a jewel, and I'm I'm really surprised one of the other camera manufacturers didn't didn't just swoop them up for sure, like a because, Nikon or a, Can- or a Canon, like yeah, yeah, that would have been like the perfect story to say, hey, we're still relevant. And we're doing cool stuff, and look at this. We got Hasselblad because they had the brand, and they make amazing things, and, you know, they could have done that. But DJI, the drone manufacturer, snaps up this camera company. So now it's possible that DJI could say, you know what? 
I think we got that drone thing kind of locked down. We'll continue innovating over there, but now let's focus on still cameras. Right. Since we, we own the air, let's let's get on the ground now. Yeah. And do some still cameras and leverage what we learned from the drone world and put it on the ground and rethink and reimagine how cameras can operate on the ground. And, you know, and, and, and what do we have the, to lose? And they got the funds to do it, apparently. Yeah, they got the funds to do it. They, they're they already putting stuff out that we didn't know we wanted, like that Osmo. Yeah. I didn't know I wanted that until it showed up. Yep. <laughs> right? Well, they had they had made, they had combined to make like a $4,000 drone that was a medium format drone. Yeah. So, oh, Hasselblad and DJI. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's getting good, man. It is getting good. And meanwhile, it's like. I'm hoping this is not the case because I have I have such a huge investment in in Apple stuff, but I'm hoping Apple isn't becoming like Nikon and Canon in terms of hey we own the market and hubris and complacency yeah. and yada 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 and then you know they don't innovate anymore or they innovate in the wrong directions like removing ports when no one asked them to remove ports you know <laughs> so uh, I hope not because it. it if if that happens, then you know we just have to reassess. You have to reassess because then lo- these little things like that, like that Dell, that Dell Canvas twenty seven, yeah, little things like that, and the and the new the Surface Pro, those little things are like, well, you know, I could work a Windows machine into into my flow here. Well, maybe if I do that, or when it comes time to buy your next Mac. You're thinking, well, okay, maybe I'll go across the hall in the mall and go look in the Microsoft store and see what they have, because, or just buy yet another Mac or you know another iMac that looks exactly the same. Yeah, Apple, I think the iMac and the form factor of the iMac are long in the tooth. So, well, I mean, look at look at how long the other ones went. The old form. I mean, we're yeah. kind of at that 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 bubble of in which they switch over and change it up. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. I'm hoping Apple sees this stuff, and we're gonna it's gonna be. I'm gonna eat my words and like, oh. Right. Of course, Apple did all this stuff. Look at this new thing I have that I didn't know I wanted. Yep. I. That's what I want to see. Yep. You know. Yep. I want to see something. I need. I need fuel for the reality distortion field. Well, and it's like, <laughs> and you know, for them always being the designers, you know, go to. Mm-hmm. It's like they've not cultivated even the photographers. I mean, from Aperture to that kind of stuff. It's like they've, you know, we feel very left behind the ones that kind of brought them to the dance. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. So Apple, do something really, really cool. Take this and this long in the tooth iMac, make something ridiculously blow crazy our, out of it. Minds. Blow our minds. Take that Mac Pro that you haven't updated in two ish years, almost three years, I think it was. You haven't done anything to well, it. You got a touch bar, right? No. Oh. No, I'm talking about the Mac Pro, yeah. the desktop, oh, the yeah, Darth yeah. Vader cylinder. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that Mac Pro. Like you and they're still selling Tim, they're still selling the Mac Pro at the same introductory price, and they haven't done anything to it. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man! Like, do something, do something cool. Okay, we get it. You, you, you know, phones are where the money is. Okay, we get it. But don't let that other stuff just kind of go by the wayside. You know, I, I remember when I used to, the Mac Pro's the thing to have too. Right. Oh. I was, I was that reality distortion field almost got me, but I got the 5K iMac instead. So. And I've been happy. The 5K iMac is still... I'm not complaining about it. It does every single thing I need it to do. It is powerful yeah. beyond what I need it to be powerful for. It's, it takes up very little space on my desk. I have another monitor plugged into it. Yeah. It is, a, it is an awesome well, machine that has let me do a million things. I mean, so I, I'm, I'm not complaining I'm about it. I'm budgeting to June, like switch mine to mm-hmm. the new one. So We get the whatever's out then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm happy with this thing. I just But seeing all this other stuff... You know, is making me is making me jealous. Yeah. I want to see I want to see some innovation before I start no, considering plunking down another three grand on an updated system. We're getting a little gear envy with all the other good toys out there, right? Yeah, but yeah. you got to re you got to pull back and say it's not about the gear. Toy. Just wait because you never know. Somebody might release an, an item that you had spent money on earlier and didn't have to. Oh, you mean like your Osmo? Hey, you know, good. Sometimes good things come to those who wait, right? I bought it four days ago. Yeah. Well, well. Well, now I keep telling you, you can take that seven back and go get a seven plus, and you're good to go. That's it. All right. Uh, so the second half of the show, I wanted to talk just a little bit about 
DIY stuff. Okay. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, Tim, and, and chat about that. Because like I said at the beginning, you are the MacGyver, the king, the prince, or whatever, of doing more with less, but with the same results that people that have unlimited budgets create. Right, and you have models knocking down your door to get you to shoot them, and you go to town, and you're creative on every shot. How do you, you know, aside, you know, obviously the economics of having a family, and you know, you do with you do what you can with what you have, yep, right? Yep. So you, That's you kind the first of step, yeah, you're forced into that. But once when you decide, like, does do your do the shots that you want to do guide your gear? creations and acquisitions or oh, do you sure. create something and then say well you know let me go figure out what i can shoot with this well i think it goes both ways mm-hmm. so i mean it's like on the first part it's like I'll, i have enough of my arsenal with you know from flashlights to shop lights to led panels to led ring lights to um you know shiny boards to flat whatever so i have enough of my arsenal that any job that comes up i can bring a tool into it that fits that job and mm-hmm. make it different um, and then it's also the other way around where I'm not going to introduce a new tool to a commercial job unless that tool has been proven. You know what I mean? So like, you know, I'm not going to bring, you know, I, I, you know, I, I get a new led panel that I wire up or do something with, and I'm not going to bring it to a commercial job unless it's proven out in my opinion, at least three times on my own in my own testing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then I can introduce it into a commercial space because I'm not going to use their dollar to test my stuff. But how does that work? Because, you know, notwithstanding that the, the final result, of course, is going to be top notch. Right. But if you're on a commercial job, part of that is theater. Yeah. So they want they want to see you with the big cameras. They want to see you with expensive lights and and light modifiers and assistance with clipboards, especially if it's a you know big budget. How do you get around that? <laughs> I set up a lot of light stands just for no reason. make it look complex that's right i put like flags up all over the place and they're just doing nothing (laughs) it's my process don't ask right no you know and it's like i actually i think that played earlier when i was still proving certain things yeah but it hasn't really like played out since um you know, I, you're, they know what they know who you are yeah, and the product and, and the, you know, that they don't really question how I get there. They just want me to get there. Um, yeah. you know, the biggest innovation I think now is that I've, I've started tethering to the iPad. Hmm. And so, you know, I'm now, you know, instead of having to go back and proof after the fact I'm proofing on site, you know, and I had done the laptop where I'd done the cord to it, but it's like having mm-hmm. the cord, it's just, it, that slowed my process. Oh, so you're shooting wirelessly to the iPad. Shooting wire, yeah. Use the cam ranger. Um, nice. and so now I can basically, you know, Christine, the assistant sits over there and they look at it and they can rate the image right there. Then I send that email back to my, you know, when I import. And the other thing I hated was actually, I don't like importing to the laptop, like with Lightroom mm-hmm. and it's shoving yeah. it to Lightroom. It's not keeping it on my card. Yeah. Um, hmm. so that was my biggest innovation on that, but, and that's not necessarily a DIY, but that was kind of the biggest show change. And that's it's streamlining though. It's not DIY. Yeah. It's, no, it's streamlining. Yeah. So, um, but um, yeah, and just the style, I realized that, you know, over the years when I actually had budgets to get certain lights and did things or rented them, I wasn't necessarily happier with those photons than I was with my shop lights. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, shop lights are, you know, 18 bucks. In the beginning, I had to like search out trying to get color corrected bulbs. Mm-hmm. And that cost mm-hmm. me like, you know, it was like 15 bucks a bulb at the time or some crazy thing like that. Now they're at, you know, Walmart for three bucks yeah um, yeah you just get daylight balance bulbs. yeah just daylight balance mm-hmm. bulbs um and really the limitation on those is how you mount and how you manage the shop lights and obviously and they're lighting a small portrait area i'm not lighting a massive area with those mm-hmm. um but and and then a lot of things that have come into play to allow this kind of photography are low light sensitivity sensors right oh for sure because before You know, it was like all bets are off unless you're shooting video with continuous light. For still photographers, you needed strobe to put out the watt seconds in order to make an image. Right now, you don't. Well, and even the whole color, the whole color temperature thing played way more when I shot film. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, even though they're daylight balance bulbs, there are certain shifts I see on them in color, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. nothing that I can't overcome in post. Yeah. You know, or I'll shoot, yeah. or I'll shoot in that scenario. I'll shoot the um, a gray card, 
or my little color balance card for the first shot of that set. And then mm-hmm. I can just color balance off of that and then just stamp the color balance for the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, so what, what tips do you have for people that are, you know, photographers that want to get into this kind of stuff and what's been holding them back is I can't afford a decent set of lights or umbrellas and, and all this stuff or even studio. Cause you shoot in a studio. Yeah. No, so, I think anytime it's like, if it comes down to wanting to learn a strobe, mm-hmm. I mean, I can get into an alien B you know, 400 watt second for what, 280, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I took, you know, actually it's funny because over the Christmas break, I've watched a bunch of posts come up and people have gotten lighting kits and then they're posting these questions like, here's my shot. I had three lights going and I can't figure out these shadows. I'm just like, yeah. So the first thing is one light, give yourself, take one light and learn it. And even if it's like, actually, this is the exact conversation I had the other day. Let's say that I take my one light and my subject is, you know, six foot away. And I told her, I said, take a string and measure from the person's nose to the light. And I said, and get your exposure. I said, then take that light and move it one foot every, you know, after every shot in that same circumference distance, you know, with the, with the string from one side all the way around to the other. Mm-hmm. And I said, and watch how your light falls and how it changes through that circumference. I said, these aren't images you'll show anybody. This is your workbook on how your lighting and how your light falls. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just trying to like understand your light because everybody buys, you know, a lighting kit and they light themselves in the corners and can't figure out why there's this shadow and why there's this shadow and why that's doing that. When mm-hmm. if you take one light for six months, just use one light. I mean, the things you can do, I mean, I still 90% of what I do is one light. That's so cool. You know, that is so cool. And I have, I you know, that. I have what? eight or nine different lights I could choose from. And mm-hmm. there are shots where it requires that to light a room or light areas. But per- but if you're doing just like a headshot or a portrait or something like that, one light with a modifier on there and, you know, maybe a reflector, right? A, a reflector or a scrim just to soften it sometimes even too. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, um, but you know, and I, in, in, in the, in long ago when we had film again, Mm -hmm. um, I had gotten my modifiers, my lights, and there was, I had, there's no metadata then, right? There's nothing, we know our settings on the camera, but there's no way of looking back after the fact. Yeah. So I would take my meta, I had, I lived, this is, this is in high school when I started with this stuff. So my parents had a two story house and the one wall was a massive white back wall. And I took the modifiers and I shot them against the wall and I would take the film and I would write on a dry erase board, the metadata in the picture I'd send the yeah. role. I'd go get the role. The one hour developing at Rayleigh's or whatever it was, and they would give you with every role. They'd give you the sticky book album. Mm-hmm. Every peel the pages back, and I would have my lighting book, and so I knew my modifiers, and I could look at my pictures and know what settings oh, were. That's cool. And that then is I, cool. And I would be able to tell like <laughs> my old school metadata and how I got where I got. That's in that that education is that's money because today. Mo- you don't have to do that, right? Because nope. metadata is recorded in the image itself. You can pull it out. You can look at it in Lightroom and the panel off to the side. Uh, but the physical act of going through all that is has burned that into your memory. Oh, for sure. Right? So it's like so, it's a lot. Yeah. You know, I can I can see what a light's going to do now before it goes, mm-hmm. just because I've done it. So you know, yeah, I mean, crazy. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> if you, take a gander or take a guess at how many uh, images I shot last year. Uh, I'm going to say 50,000, 71,000. Wow. And I figured out though, 15% of that is iPhone because I shoot iPhone mm-hmm. for different things. So 15% of that was iPhone because I still pull my, my iPhone stuff into Lightroom. Yeah. So Are I, you using Lightroom mobile? Nah, no, I haven't yet. No. I, you know, you can shoot raw with Lightroom. Mobile. I actually downloaded it yesterday on the iPhone. Oh, I was, yeah. I, I was out of room, with my old iPhone. So I didn't download it. You know what? Um, uh, I've been using it a lot. I love it. It's actually really, really good. They did a really good job on Lightroom Mobile. But um, the one thing that's stopping me from using Lightroom, the camera in Lightroom as my primary camera, because it seems like, I mean, if you're going to use Lightroom Mobile and get into that ecosystem, you should just use that camera as your primary camera. Um, But the problem is all those cool computational photography tricks that the iPhone 7 Plus can do, like defocusing the background and all that. Can't happen. You can only do that with the native camera app that comes with the phone. You can't do it with a third party like Lightroom Mobile. So I've been switching back and forth between the two. 
which is well, not we'll, ideal. We'll have but... to play with it and see. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man. Go get that seven plus. You're gonna, mm, you need it's it. It's too big. <laughs> it's not my little hands. Whatever, whatever. All right, man. Let's uh, let's move on uh, to our listener Q and A segment. We got a question in this week from Montgomery. Montgomery. Montgomery says. How often should I be upgrading my camera? All things being equal, if my current camera is in good condition, I always feel like I'm being left out. What do you say? Should Montgomery just be upgrading well, like a subscription plan? or Well, what? you say upgrading his camera, so doing the the new firmware update on that? Is that what you're saying? I'm thinking if he says he's being left out, I'm thinking he feels like he should buy a new camera. Well, I He mean, should be upgrading his camera to the next model. Yeah, I mean, I think unless it's going to give you a quantum leap in your image quality and what you can do, there's no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like if and if he is, you know, if it's a hobbyist, if he's if it's just for him and he's happy with his stuff, mm-hmm. stay happy and don't upgrade. Don't, you know. Work. But like even in the beginning of the show, we talked about all these whiz bang new cameras and 360s and drones and all this there's always something new next week there'll be more stuff oh sure how do you like how do you because you're you're a good you're a good role model for this because you you're not upgrading every five seconds not you know i think part of it is because you can't be you know because you got all this other stuff going on then part the other part of it is because you don't want to you're doing great with what you have well, how do you how do you resist that's it? exactly what i was saying it's like i mean so i'm a nikon d4 shooter so mm-hmm. You know, and that thing is a workhorse. And I just sent it back in to get kind of serviced, which cost me as much as some of the new cameras, like yeah. service. Yeah. And it's come back, and it's and it and it's killing. It feels good. It's doing what it needs to do. So you know, I'm not shooting low light. I'm not mm-hmm. shooting, um, you know, anything crazy. I'm not doing um, a ton of time lapse things. I'm not doing you know. So it's doing the job that I need it to do. Yeah. Um, you don't feel like you're missing out with like mirrorless stuff and video. And... No, I mean, that's like I would. The only thing about mirrorless that would be great is if it was, if I could lighten my bag. Yeah. That's but true. the yeah. speed in which I can produce what I do with my camera, I don't mm-hmm. want to take the time to relearn controls or function on another one. So, again, yeah. if it's not giving me a quantum leap in what I do, I don't have a reason to change. You know? Yeah. That's, so. and that's that's good. I mean, there is a couple of different ways to look at that statement because there's on the one hand, you're right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm doing cool stuff. Why do I need to get something else? On the other hand, it's well, the market and and art and things are moving in a certain direction. And if I don't play in that world, I might get left behind, i.e. 360 or something like that. So that I think you know, and when I say it out loud, it doesn't hold that much water, right? Because <laughs> it definitely doesn't. It sounded kind of ridiculous when you say it out loud. So, well, I, yeah, I, that's I why right. I have my friend Frederick. So he gets all the he gets all the gadgets. I can just play with them. I get some of them. I definitely don't get all of them, and I don't want all of them because they're just you know every little gadget you acquire takes a little bit more of your soul, that's man. Right. I'm telling you, it takes a little bit more. You only have so much, and every one you get, you're like, oh, I got to charge it. I got to take care of it. got to make sure I don't lose it. And when they release another one, I got to fight the demons of upgrading it. Yep. You know, it's, well, and yeah, it's, it's a lot of overhead. And even with his question, it's like I would want to know what he has now. That's, you know, it's almost mm-hmm. – it would be easier to have that discussion if I knew exactly what he was playing with. Yeah. Well, I think the good the, – to wrap that up for Montgomery, I think the the uh, – the answer to that is don't feel compelled to upgrade anything for FOMO fear of missing out. Right. So don't feel up. Don't, if you have a compelling reason to upgrade, like, wow, there's a shot I've been wanting to do forever and I can't do it with this stuff that I have. I need to go get new stuff. Then that's a compelling reason or your stuff is broke or you're getting old and your back hurts. You can't carry heavy gear. You know, if you have a compelling reason to upgrade, then upgrade. Don't just upgrade because you feel like you're missing out. And there is, and there was absolutely a point in which I exceeded my camera's ability years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, it's like Christine's at a good spot. She's she has absolutely exceeded what she has her camera's ability right now. You know, so we had the discussion the other day. It's like she's got to upgrade. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. the time. It's time. It's time to do it. Yeah. 
All right, folks, if you have a question you'd like us to answer on This Week in Photo, you can hit us up on social media or there's a feedback form on the website. You can get in touch with us. Just let us know, and we may answer your question on the show. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to dive into this week's picks. Have you ever wanted to go on a photo adventure in and around the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico? Well, come join me and Federico Chiele for an unforgettable adventure. The Yucatan Peninsula is in southeastern Mexico, and it separates the Caribbean Sea from the Gulf of Mexico. Our adventure will take us to see ancient pyramids, pink flamingos, crystal clear cenotes. Those are mysterious, giant, freshwater, underground holes. And we'll also be shooting and having amazing meals in charming historic town centers surrounded by authentic local culture. Yucatan blends ancient Maya and Aztec culture with the stunning architecture of the Spanish colonial period. We'll be staying in Izamal, known as the city of three cultures, pre-Hispanic, colonial, and modern. Izamal is a visual feast. Nearly every structure is painted egg yolk yellow, providing a thoroughly unique aesthetic for your camera. So the details, we're heading down February 11th through February 18th, 2017, and we're only taking 10 people. And I'd love for you to join us. You can get all the details and sign up now at twipwanderlust.com. That's twipwanderlust.com. All right, we are back. We're going to dive into this week's Pick of the Week segment. Remember, Tim, you can pick anything to recommend to the Twip Army as long as it is somehow related to photography. Tim, what's your Pick of the Week? Well, at first glance, this is related to cooking. Uh Uh-oh. Because it's an egg timer. And... It's on Amazon, and I believe they're twelve bucks. And what? And I can't take credit for this because I saw it online. A guy had done something similar to this, so I, mm-hmm. um, I have my iPhone holder, which may have been another ten bucks. And I have my egg timer, and let's see if I can put this together. I like doing time lapse for some of the shoots we do. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a GoPro that I use, so I have my iPhone holder. I put it on the timer. I set it for 30 minutes. I start it in the position I want to start it, and it rotates. The timer rotates through on the time lapse. So then you get a very smooth, cool time lapse afterwards. Now, are you are you attaching that to the top of the timer, like with? So I actually, or does it just sit there? It just sits there. So I actually made the mistake of. Um, Putting Velcro, well, the Velcro has a gap and it wobbles. Oh, yeah. And then, um, so actually, and it's been totally stable. If it's on a flat surface, it's not going anywhere. That's really cool. And you can get that for what? 12 bucks bucks. on Amazon Amazon Prime. Yeah, or I think actually mine was, I don't know, it was Amazon or Ikea. It's an Ikea timer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I do go to Ikea a lot. So, um, but yeah, it's just a simple tool. And it's like, it's back to that kind of MacGyver DIY stuff. Or DIY, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't cost a lot, and it gives like you it. a cool pro-looking result. That is a cool pick. I did that it. At, cool I did pick. it at Christmas dinner, and it was kind of scary to see the, the dinner consumed by that stuff. You see the turkey kind of vanish. Oh my god, into it was a, a, a little, a little scary. <laughs> That's cool. All right. Well, I have a pick of the week that I just got my hands on, and I can't show it because it's gonna the exposure is not gonna look right. But I'm gonna show a window. Okay. And show you what this thing looks like. Check this out. Look at that. These are the Apple AirPods. And you may be wondering, how is this related to photography? Well, they connect to my iPhone, which is also a very good camera. And these things are, you know, I I honestly didn't think I would be getting these because I'm like, you know, I don't listen to audio that much. And you know, like I said, another thing to charge, and these they might get lost. But they are I'm a, I'm a convert and I'm a convert now because they are ridiculously cool for a number of reasons. Um, they charge in the box, so you could take them out. You could charge up the box, put them in there, and they will charge. They'll give you another full charge on that on the on the headphones. You can use them one at a time. So in either ear, they could be they're identical. So they could be a Bluetooth headset for conversations in one ear. The cool thing that I wasn't expecting with it, because I had kind of written off Siri, the cool thing that I wasn't expecting was how operable they make Siri now. So having one hanging in my ear while I'm even just working, you know, connected to my phone, I can just double tap it and ask it a question and she tells me right in my ear instead of like 
you know, the Hey Siri, this and that, and hold yeah. the button down. You just double tap, ask a question, and it tells you right in your ear. It's that's just ridiculously cool. Little fit and finish things, like if you have both of them in and you jam into music or whatever, and you take one out because you need to talk to somebody or pay for your groceries or whatever, uh-huh. it pauses the music. And then when you put it back in your ear, it resumes the music. That's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's like little, just like little Apple things like that are like, okay, somebody thought about this when they put these together. So, so worth yeah, it. so I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. They're they're definitely worth it. Um, I'm afraid that I may lose them, but, you know, it's tech. You're going to yep. lose, you know, it's a little piece of technology. But there are, it, it does give me, like I made fun of my sister because she's, my sister's one of those folks that walks around with a Bluetooth headset in their ear all the time, no matter what. You know, even at the dinner table, she had Bluetooth headset. <laughs> so I make fun of her. And I'm like, why? Are you that important? Are you in the CIA? Are you, like, on the presidential protection team or something? Um, but she has it in there. Now, with this, I feel like I may become one of those people because... You don't want to lose it either, taking it out. Yeah, you don't want to lose it. And I, like, I was walking around uh, the other, what was it, day for yesterday, had one in my ear, and I'm listening to podcasts while doing other things, you know, and with other people around me. I just got, like, a podcast playing in the background, and I'm just, like, no one knows, no one cares. I can listen to, you know, phone calls that come in. I just tap it and answer it. Now so. you've got your watch, the phone, and the earbuds. Yeah, look at that. I am I am in the ecosystem right there. You can with the watch. The watch will store up to eight gigabytes. No, no, it's got eight eight gigabytes of RAM in there, uh-huh. but it will store up to two gigabytes of music that you can put on the watch. So you can leave your phone at home and see that. Pair it. See, I could work out this. then and just have that. That's cool. Just the watch and the headphones, and you're you're good to go. Yeah. The only negative about that, because I listen to a lot of audiobooks, I have yet to figure out, and Twip, listeners, if you know how to do this, please let me know. I have yet to find out how to put an audiobook from Audible on this. So I don't, or not not on this, on but the on the watch. So, because I'm all, typically, you know, audiobooks are long. They're like nine, ten hours or whatever. I would put one audiobook on my watch and just listen to that all the time if I could, but I don't know of a way to do that yet. So we'll figure it out. But cool. Yeah, so that is my pick of the week, Apple's AirPods. At a, uh, and I think they're, in, they're kind of in short supply right now. Yeah, I know. I mean, I looked and they were back ordered, so yeah. Yeah, either Apple didn't make enough. I always take that short supply stuff with a grain of salt because it could mean that, you know, more people bought them than they expected. But then that means the variable is how many, did, how many people did you expect to buy this? A hundred? <laughs> you know, so, so who knows? I think, I think it's the... I think they're just really popular because all the reviews, most of the reviews I've read have been really pop, been positive about them. Well, it's amazing and, they weren't ready for Christmas with a bigger quantity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because Apple needs more money. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I'll leave you with on these, so I have small ears, right? So the, the standard earbuds that ship with the iPhone, even the new ones with the iPhone 7 with the lightning adapter, they, they were never really, I mean, they, they weren't horrible, but they never really fit in my ears right um, and I think that was because of the cable that was hanging down. Cause these stay in my ears. Like I put them in and they just, they will stay in until I take them out. Unless I, you know, shake my head like I'm a dog or something. That's your head banging at the concert. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm doing the head banging stuff, but they stay in. And I think it's because the cable that was attached is no longer there. So they're just light and just hanging there. And I forget they're even there That's when cool. they're in there. Yeah. So I'm excited. So yeah, definitely check them out. Apple's AirPods and they work with... You know, they can with an Apple phone, obviously, they'll work the best because they control Siri and do all that stuff. But barring an Apple phone, they'll work with any Bluetooth device because there's a little there's a little button on the back there that you can press and pair them with whatever you want to pair them with, um, including Apple TVs, by the way. So the the current generation Apple TVs. So if you, you want to watch it without or listen to it without, you know, bugging without everybody. bugging people. Yeah, yeah you can cool. just put your headphones on, select it and kick back and listen to Apple TV. I was listening to I was listening to YouTube videos uh, today and testing that, and I'm like roaming around the house doing stuff. Stayed connected throughout the entire house, even into the garage. The the wow. headphones were connected to the Apple TV up in the master bedroom. Yeah, that's crazy. So check them out. All right, Tim, we're at the end of uh, another episode of Twip. Thanks again for coming on, man. Where can uh, people go check out your work and see some of that DIY stuff you got? Yeah, Engle Photo, so E-N-G-L-E-P-H-O-T-O.com. 
Um, you got Instagrams, just Tim Engel, E-N-G-L-E, and then Engel Photo Inc. on the other ones. I have two accounts. Actually, three accounts, but those are the two main ones. Um, okay. Yeah. And so, actually, and I'm putting together um, on my website, I'm, I'm kind of like preparing. I've got a couple of workshops. I'm actually going to do one with the lighting, kind of like we talked about with the shop lights. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do a natural light, um, kind of like portrait workshop, and then uh, a dance workshop. Because I shoot a lot of ballet dancers. Oh, cool. And so we're working on that here probably for in the next two, three months. Excellent. Excellent. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. We'll have to watch that. Yeah. We'll watch out for that and we'll link over to your site in the notes yeah. for this episode. Yeah. Cool, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me the first of the year. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. First, The first twip of 2017, and Mr. Tim Ingle. Wait, was I the last? You were the last, too. You were the wow, last. Wow, I'm special. Look at that. Like a snake eating its tail. That's right. <laughs> All right, folks. We're at the end of another episode of TWIP. Remember, you can check us out at thisweekinphoto.com. You can subscribe to this and all of our other podcasts and keep up to date on all things photography. And now it is time to take that lens cap off. Oh, <laughs>